Hello, everyone, and welcome to another Wealth Espana 2023 recap race analysis here on the second day in extra. And thank you to every single one of you who have subscribed. We've hit over the 10,000 mark, so good on that. But uh, as always, I'm joined by Patrick Blake of Audi Cycling and one third of the Echelon Cycling Podcast. And I mean, Patrick, uh, yeah, what a stage. And there's so many things to dissect as well. Yeah, and we'll start off by saying that Scott did get the prediction correct for today. You said that Avonapool was going to win. I wanted to pick him as well, but you picked him first. So I'm taking that as like a half win for me as well. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, the breakaway went and Avonapool was the big name in there. Um, alongside, obviously, the Yorkshire contingency. Max Poole, he was in there as well. Andreas Klon, the Danish contingency. Caruso was up there. Yeah, the breakaway kind of looked sort of destined that Avonapool was going to win it from the start when you looked at the quality of the people in there it kind of seemed like a done deal before before they even got to the finish line and you know Remco pretty much just picked up all the KOM points today and then he stepped off with I want to say it was about 30 kilometers to go he attacked and that was it <laughs> that, was, that was literally just that was it for the breakaway to be fair Max Poole and Caruso did manage to go with him for quite a bit on the first ascent of the Cat 1, so like the second to last time up there, but unfortunately both of those other guys were dropped and, and Remco attacked, I think with a few Ks left to go of that uh, penultimate climb, and then Remco pretty much just went solo to victory, and so he took the stage win ahead of Caruso, Andreas Klon in third, unfortunately Max Poole, who was second on the road, ended up finishing in fourth place, but you know, still a very good result. Paul Orsela finished in fifth, then Julian Bernard, Egan Bernal, again another rider from the breakaway, finishing in seventh, then we had the sort of remnants of the GC battle, well, the GC battle, Yuzo Mass and Sepp Kuss rounding out the top ten, but uh, Roglic was on the same time as them, Lander lost three seconds and Jonas lost nine seconds to that group and then kind of like a minute behind them was Boitrago, Almeida, Vlasov, Itablux etc etc and also sort of with wild pools so no movers on GC today Lander did give it a very good crack Bahrain set pace with kind of their full team again did a very good job of really trying to set up Lander to try and take that fourth place to be the best Spanish rider in the race and to be fair to him he did give it a couple of goes on that final climb but unfortunately it didn't come to any fruition Ayuso was capable of matching it today. I think Bahrain was sensing that after yesterday up the Angleru, maybe Ayuso wasn't firing on all cylinders and maybe they could crack him, but that wasn't the case. Ayuso holds on to his fourth place. For now, we'll wait and see what happens in the coming stages, but it was a very interesting stage, although nothing really happened in terms of GC results. It seemed like a, it was like a Trojan horse of incredible excitement, but nothing actually really happened. But yeah, what what did you make of it? Of it, Scott? There was it definitely looked like somebody at Yumbo had cracked the whip last night. Yeah, we'll get on to that. Uh, but yeah, it was Lipo as the hardest stage by some of the DSs because of their sheer elevation. Yeah, Remco Venepol, if we just start with him, like this is his fifth Welter Spaniel victory, 50th career victory as well. Basically sealed up that polka dot jersey as well, which is incredible as well because there's only been Thomas de Ghent who's won it as a Belgian before and I think Quickstep have never won it and yeah what I wanted to say as well just the sheer ride he did just we don't often see these GC contenders really showing like in Danish you would say folding themselves out 
like you see he was on on the front of the the stage most of the time of the group really dictating the pace and then still just destroys them on the climb as you said their attack and then wins by more than four minutes down to Caruso which I thought was remarkable but I think his welter has been really good uh third stage victory now and maybe he wins on stage 20 as well you never know and winning the Masters jersey classification so yeah what what do you think of that I think it is decent it's not just decent it's really good like you say three stage wins and polka dots most riders would take that with open arms and say get me some of that but at the same time it does kind of almost make me question where would he be in the GC game if he didn't have that one bad day arguably I would say that Remco dropping out of GC has made this race more exciting in a way because we've got him in the breakaway which has been good to see the downside being that we had the kind of unrivaled Jumbo Visma dominance going on but that's been its own source of entertainment in its own way so arguably we kind of got the best of both worlds where Remco dropped but then we got to see him really in full flight going full attack mode and you got to see just how good of a rider he is so I think sometimes these GC riders because they just you know the GC riders they end up just kind of climbing the mountains together you don't really appreciate just what kind of level these guys are at in comparison to a lot of the peloton the fact that Remco put four minutes into a guy like Caruso who's no slouch is just a sign as to how insane these like the, the hyper good guys in cycling are and Remco's just been fantastic this race and yeah it wouldn't surprise me if he won stage 20 it was it's the kind of stage which looks like the ones which he won back in the day we might as well talk about the yellow elephant in the room that is Jumbo Visma that we had um, the talk yesterday obviously on the recap race analysis great conversation I really enjoyed the comment section so did you Patrick we found some great comments I think the best one was uh, Sepp Kuss was the first rider in history to ride up a climb with two knives in his back very entertaining comment section I hope you guys get involved in it again but nevertheless Patrick you have a bit of a scoop we'll talk about like you it looked like Jonas Bingo he dropped back it was only eight seconds of a gap but it looked he said at the beginning of the stage to Danish TV that he was riding for Sepp Kuss. And I think him dropping back is just to show, I am riding for Sepp Kuss now. I want him to win. And they might have been a bit shocked by the backlash from the cycling community as well. We thought it was very, like, kind of split. But it was actually, in in the comment section, it was, in our video, it was very much more for Sepp Kuss. And I think that's the testament to the character he is. He was wearing the leader's jersey. And on top of the cake of betrayal, it was his birthday. But... Yeah, what what happened yesterday, allegedly? Allegedly, I can't remember exactly where the source is. Maybe, well, people have who were in the Yumbo Visma hotel last night who have who asked her to be remain like remain anonymous have said that things are not as as smooth sailing as they appear to be in the press releases and whatnot, where it's all happy and lively and everything's all working out fine. Apparently, there is some turmoil going on where people are bashing heads and you know there's a definite sort of desire for certain riders to kind of do well riders wanting to be the leader and i think roglic has stated that he wants to be leader for the tour next year jonas has stated he wants to be leader for the tour next year and basically there's just a lot of i don't want to say egos but there's a lot of you know people's objectives coming to the fore here and i think that whatever happened last night 
somebody, you know, put their fist, slammed their fist onto the table and said, you guys are not doing what you did yesterday on this stage because you are not dropping Sep uh, this time around. And if he does drop, I don't know, we, d- we didn't see what would happen if he dropped because unfortunately he didn't. But I would have been quite interested to see what would have happened because, of course, yesterday they didn't wait for Sep. But today they seemed pretty intent on riding on the front, you know, we saw Jonas, then Roglic, and then Sepp, and it definitely looked like there was more order going on there. Yeah, what do you make of it, Scott? Do you think that Jonas and Roglic were doing that willingly, or do you reckon that was full team orders, you guys must ride? Uh, it was fine. Like, at least they were a bit more united this time. We saw that when uh, one of, was it Ayuso, and it was actually Sepp Kusu chased it down. I thought Vingegaard pacing as well. So equally, the time yesterday was the fastest ever Anglerou time as well in history, which is insane when you think about it, because Robert Heras had the fastest time before that. But the Yombo boys did that faster. That is crazy. It just shows like how good these guys really are. Do you think Sepp Kus has won the Welter now or or are they still going to, is there still going to be a bit of tension here on the final stage uh, in or at the tw- stage 20? I think the tension will remain, but I think that Sepp should win it now. If, if today is anything to go by, that seemed to show that the team was more rallied around Sepp rather than three individuals trying to show who's got the biggest kahoolies of them all you know that it, it seemed like a more of a united front behind like with sep this time around and i'd be surprised if they had a change of tune over the next what was it like it's basically like two stages left to go sprint there's like two sprints and then there's either stage 20 which could be a little bit difficult but you know the climbs aren't especially hard although they are very frequent but yeah so there is still a chance where yumba visma could prove me wrong but i think that it looks like they're quite settled now, whether that's willing, you know, from the uh, Yumbo kind of from a pre-Moz and Jonas side, whether they're, you know, fully okay with this or not, um, remains to be heard or seen. I think it seems like they're riding for Sep now quite like 100%. So I think he has won it, barring anything awful happening which hopefully it doesn't but i mean we might as well uh, discuss the lower top tens you touched on it earlier in terms of that battle between enric mas landa and ayuso the spanish battle i think is quite intriguing all of them kind of hit out at various points uh during the finale of the stage landa obviously his team have been absolutely a, a shock really i didn't realize how strong bahrain actually were we all kind of well we were discussing UAE as kind of the next strongest team, but no, I use uh, Bahrain has definitely stepped up. And who do you think is going to come out on top? I think I use saying at the beginning of the stage, I was bad on the Anglaroo because I had a cold was kind of the reason why Bahrain put so much pressure on the climb. Cycling is savage. Because um, literally, like you say, it is really close. The difference between a user in fourth and mass in sixth is 30 seconds. Like this could, this could change very quickly all of them are quite good at satellite riders kind of deploying you know they're very adept at this it's all going to come down to stage 20 really for welter's not especially known for crazy crosswinds but you know that's that could still play a factor maybe um on tomorrow's stage but i don't know it's it's hard to say Landa struggled to drop a yuzo today so i think that if it's a matter of people just following and 
just cancelling each other out. I think it's going to be quite hard to do, considering that the terrain which they've got to do it on isn't especially like crazy hard and could easily get brought back. Um, I think, you know, Bahrain, I think in theory, you know, if, say, mass attacks off the front, for example, virtually moves ahead of Lander, I think Bahrain from the last few days have shown that they'd be strong enough to have enough riders left to probably bring that back. And similarly, UAEs tend to have quite a few riders in the end. I'd say that Movistar are the ones who need to really throw the kitchen sink at this. I don't see it changing. To be honest, I just don't think that the climbs on stage 20, even if there are like 12 of them or whatever, I just, I don't see them being able to do this because if they attack, a GC rider will attack, sure, they might gain 10 seconds, but are they able to consolidate that? You know, these guys, you know, some of them aren't the greatest time trialists, like a lander, like a mass. If they're having to go solo, they're just going to be burning resources. And if UE still have Solaire and Almeida behind just sitting on the front, hairing them down. I just don't see how a Yuzo is going to be shifted that easily. Um, and it's not like a Yuzo is bad, you know, because we saw him today. He was fine. He seemed to be, you know, recovered from this cold that he was talking about. So I'm going to go with the camp of, I don't think it's going to change that much. I reckon maybe, maybe Lander slips down one place, but honestly, that I really don't think it's going to be moving that much. I think the top 10, honestly, is pretty set in stone right now. Well, in terms of stage 20, because we're not doing anything about stage 19, really, because, <laughs> yeah. Uh, who do you think is going to win the stage? Stage 20. I'm going to say Remco Venepol once again. Remco, yeah. That's, I mean, that, that is the sensible shout. Yeah, but, like, you can't pick him now, because I picked him once again. He's already given me two points in this game that we're doing, so. I will go with Filippo Ganna, because Ooh. Ineos aren't really doing that much. I don't think G's going to do it. And I think that the climbs aren't hard enough or long enough to dispatch Ganna. I think they're quite shallow. And I think he could be a bit of a long-range attacker. So I'll go with Ganna. How was out there today? It looked really hard. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, just uh, went, gave it everything at the end. And uh, yeah, I just had nothing in the last kilometers and, you know, tried to push as much as I could, but... Yeah, I just had nothing, and yeah, of course, it was uh, disappointing to get rolled, but uh, I give it everything, so I can't be too disappointed. But you were the last rider who could stick with Remco. Is that a positive, even though in the last UK it kind of dropped back a bit? Yeah, I mean, I uh, I tried to go with him, and you know, it's a positive, but uh, I think I just uh, killed myself off a bit. Uh, yeah, I like to say, it was empty in the end, and... Uh, but yeah, it was, uh, it was nice to try and try and hang with him for a bit. But yeah, he, he just went super fast. And, uh, yeah, I think the best, the best rider won today. Anyways, that's it for this recap race analysis of stage 18. I hope you've enjoyed it. Make sure to comment down below. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to the channel here. And of course, as always, we will see you again, probably on the podcast for stage 19. And as always, thank you for watching and have a nice day.